Welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you this week. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We have a great show this week, including a big rumor that part of the old Bally's and Horseshoe will become part of Paris. Plus, U2 tickets went on sale, huge prices and huge demand. The March 2023 visitor numbers are in and new records have been broken. We'll dive into those. All of that and more coming up on this show. As a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content, posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. I apologize for my voice this week. I've been a little bit under the weather. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's hit it. So Mark, big news. U2 has finally announced their dates for the Sphere. September 29th, 30th, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. That's it. Five shows. The Sphere, uh, it's a little earlier than I expected. Yeah, earlier than I expected. And there's like, there's a decent gap there. What are they doing? I guess the the really expensive movies in between. Uh, <laughs> hopefully they fill out a couple more uh, acts. I don't know. It'll be really curious to see how those first couple shows go. I'm surprised it's not all in like one span like that they broke it up that quickly yeah i mean it's good news though you know they've talked about the artists and you know the amount of money they have to spend to develop these shows you would have thought that we'd have more than five dates but i guess this will be the proving ground if this goes well then we might see more shows from youtube possibly and maybe some other artists jump on board get ready to pay out the nose despite some haters brightline has uh, been moving forward with their train plan and they say that they're going to start construction by the end of this year this week they released some new concept art showing us what the station is going to look like this week they also unveiled their station in orlando international airport for brightline in florida meaning that this summer they're going to start those high speed journeys between orlando and miami and uh, we saw what their station is going to look like here i know there's a lot of skeptics out there but this is very far along i'm still a little skeptical because they need to fund the whole thing but if any company's going to do it it's brightline and uh, i'm excited for it yeah, you have to think that this is more likely to happen just because they've done this so many places. It's not like this is a one-off or a, a new player in the market. They're one of the bigger providers in the country. So it makes a lot of sense. And all I think about with the Orlando train is Disney's going to get prices are going to go up very soon. And it's going to be even busier there. But I like the, the mock-ups of the, the station they're putting in Vegas. It looks cool. Hopefully, I always get confused in train stations in Europe and stuff. Like, I get lost or get on the wrong train half the time. I'm terrible about it. I don't know why I struggle. At least this one should be pretty easy. There's not a ton of trains coming in. Yeah, this isn't like one of those grand European stations. Uh, it'll be two stories, have all the usual things, tickets, baggage claim, a seven-story parking garage. That's what, that one stuck out to me, baggage claim. Like, who's claiming bags? You just put it on the rack above your seat. I don't... But you can bring your full luggage. So if you're coming to Vegas for a yeah. bougie weekend, you can bring all your suitcases and check it at the curb so you don't have to carry it on the train with you. Don't do it. Just carry <laughs> on for life. Now, as a reminder, the station will be at Warm Springs in Las Vegas Boulevard. And there's about 100 acres that they own there. And that's a potential site for a uh, MLS stadium as well from the same owners as Brightline. And then uh, just to the south of that would be the potential NBA stadium uh, built by Oakview Group, who owns other arenas around town. So this could potentially be two new stadiums. The good news is they own this land. They own the land for their station in Rancho Cucamonga. They have the rights of way. They have deals yes. with the unions. So you got to uh, say it again. They have, and the environmental studies are done. So that is where they've gotten. That's a lot of steps that they've gotten. Now they just need the money. I just want to hear Rancho Cucamonga all the time. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, can we go through a show without talking about stadiums for a little <laughs> No, let's let's talk about let's talk about Mark Davis and all the hate that he gave for the A's coming to Las Vegas. Uh, we won't talk about the stadium, but you know, there's all this 
kerfuffle in the community about the public financing that they want or the bond measure, stadium district, everything else. But Mark Davis threw some shade to the A's, basically saying they're the reason that the Raiders couldn't get a stadium in Oakland. They kind of went behind their back, signed a 10-year lease at the Coliseum, which uh, prevented the Raiders from building a stadium on that site. And so while he's happy for the A's to be here and the players, he said he hates the management and uh, he's not excited about that. So uh, there's not a lot of love between the A's ownership and the Raiders ownership. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of shady stuff. If you had been talking to them and you're on the same page, that hey, let's build a new thing. I'll build it. You can stay there. And then you go sign a lease behind their back. You wouldn't want it to be aired in the press, hopefully. But, you know, when you get to that age, I'm, I'm excited when I get older and you get to that G- DGAF and you just say whatever you want, whenever you want. And he's definitely there. Plus, he's a Davis, so it's expected. Uh, so, you know, hey, too bad they're not like rivals in some way. But it'll be fun to see the headlines back and forth uh, for the foreseeable future. For sure. Uh, so we saw pictures of the Rio getting a paint job, which is questionable to me. So Dreamscape, we saw them doing something, turning the buffet probably into a food hall. And now we're seeing some paint on the outside of the building. This doesn't look like a big project. So it just looks like they're kind of trying to clean it up a little bit. And I wonder if that means that we're still going to get delayed on seeing the transition into Hyatt. We still don't have a timeline for that. If they're really redeveloping the entire towers and basically gutting them, then why would they slap a little paint on the outside right now? Yeah, and white paint, so boring. Uh, <laughs> I feel like everybody's just getting shamed by Circus Circus, so they're all doing a little bit of something, maybe. Maybe we can work our way down to the Strip, finally, and, and get Paris some love uh, and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, it, I had to, like, zoom in on the picture to notice there's much of a difference there. I mean, it's good to see them adding a little bit back to it, but it, it's, like, the least exciting way, I think. Speaking of Circus Circus, I saw a picture on Twitter that somebody had posted they took it from resorts world and the circus circus paint is like maybe 30 percent done on the big top like the whole backside is not done it's been what five six weeks since they started painting that thing so i don't know what's going on that's you just paint the roadside so you did so people driving by see it you don't care about the back i think that's the truth because it still looks absolutely terrible Uh, it was like chunking and peeling everywhere it looks like it's like moldy and i don't know how it's not leaking it's just bizarre now, I, uh, on the way back from California, I went to Disneyland, Legoland. I want to talk about Legoland uh, on the next show because they have that mini Lego Vegas, which has a lot of parallels to real Las Vegas in that it's sort of falling apart. But we'll talk about that on another show. <laughs> but I stopped at uh, Prim Valley, and uh, I just wanted to show people what it looked like. You know, I filmed all that earlier this year when they basically gutted the casino. Now, the area where they took out all the machines, it you know has a few benches and trees, at least it looks decent. The mall is connected again. So uh, an improvement there, although it is still a very big empty space. And I did the get mall. yelled at for filming in there because uh, the casino cage is in this empty space, but the casino isn't. So the lady yelled at me. I said, I didn't think this was the casino. So uh, the things I do to get footage for you guys. What's, uh, what's left in the mall? How many stores? We got Bed Bath & Beyond? No, no. I mean Bath like & Body Works. Oh. It was like midnight when I went there. So I went to the casino, but not you the know, mall side. You know they got a Bath & Body Works somewhere. Every mall has to have still one left. Yeah, Bed Bath & Beyond, long gone, though, this week. So, uh, you know. Yeah, my bad. Slip of the tongue. So we, a lot of news about Absinthe lately, right? They're getting ready to open a show in New Jersey and Atlantic City. They announced Disco Show and the new restaurant at uh, Link. And uh, this week they opened a burger bar and a speakeasy outside their tent at Caesar's Palace. The burger bar, I think, is called No Pants, and the speakeasy is called Pier 17 Yacht Club. The good news is that you don't need tickets for the show to go there. Basically, for the speakeasy, you just go around the hedges, and uh, you'll find a seating area, then you go inside the bar. And uh, they said cocktails around $24. They also serve, like, burgers, 
which sound really good and they looked really good as well. Uh, so one of the easier speakeasies to get to, and you don't even need a password. Yeah, I mean, the burgers look good. I mean, they're definitely like the, you think of picturesque bun all up, and they I know they smash them, so they took a picture of them all smashed, which looks weird at, at the beginning, but no, they do look tasty. And then the drink area, the the little like cocktail garden, uh, for lack of a better word, that they have set up there looks really really cool. Twenty four bucks is a bit steep. I know it's Vegas, and that's not out of the realm, but man, I can't sit there and drink like all night. Like, and I'm guessing they're trying to get people to have a drink before they go into the show or whatever, but I'd like to hang out there. I'd go there even if I wasn't going to the show and have a drink, but just one. I only have 24 bucks one time. Did you see that you could upgrade the tater tots to add like salmon row or I think for like a hundred <laughs> bucks, you can get caviar with your tater tots. So uh, a little bit of uh, upgrades there. It's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, I wonder what that would taste like. I, I don't know. The opposite end of the spectrum, tater tots. Uh, get some tots. I'm going to spice up my tots. So, yeah, I mean, check that out. Uh, we're, we'll talk on a future show about all the speakeasies, hidden restaurants in Vegas, because uh, there's a lot to actually cover and a lot of cool places for people to discover if you want to check that sort of thing out, because a lot of people are intimidated. Are you intimidated? I don't think you are. You love bars. But I'm a little intimidated about the password thing and, you know, just kind of finding my way in there. And that's always sort of an obstacle for me. Okay, I I just had this idea. Let's do if there's like eleven of them. Let's say let's do an MTM Vegas eleven speakeasy bar hop one night. Uh, get a group of people together. How, how what do you think? I think that'd be great. Logistics could be a little difficult uh, <laughs> to get us around, but we should definitely do that. The problem with them is they're kind of small, right? Most of them are small, yeah. and, and hidden. But uh, yeah, there's a lot around town. But I'm always ten a lucky bit, winners. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it would be fun. And speaking of fun. There is another rumor. This is a Vital Vegas rumor. So we'll just say that at the beginning. We like to cover them. He's right some of the time. He's wrong some of the time. So if you're triggered by his rumors, I don't know what to tell you. But he says that the Venetian and Palazzo possibly could be for sale again. The sale closed last February, $6.25 billion. Apollo bought the operations. Vici owns the land. Do you think they're really going to sell this uh, less than a year or about a year later? I mean, I think everything's for sale if the price is right at any time. It's just a question of are they actively shopping it or is it just like somebody, you know, threw out an offer and, and this created a rumor or whatever. I don't. I wouldn't see Vici selling it. That just doesn't seem like something they're into doing, you know, flipping properties or anything. I think they're in the long haul for holding land. But Apollo maybe, you know, from what I've read, they don't do the best or they haven't had the best history in Vegas. So I don't know what the backstory is there so much, but maybe they're looking to get out. Who knows? I would say money is on the side of not happening, but you never know, man. Vegas is pretty crazy right now with turnover. Yeah, and when you think like the the economy is uncertain, you get these big deals. So who knows? I do, I do agree that Vici is probably not going to sell the land. They're slowly collecting every bit of land on the Strip. But uh, Apollo selling the operations, I could see it happening for the right price, but would they make money on it? Is the economy stronger where they they pay $2.25 billion for the operations of Venetian Palazzo? And it's hard to think that that would actually sell for more than that today. Yeah, especially with the prices, you know, we're seeing people backing off of building things and the prices of that. Maybe that actually helps them a little bit. Like it's cheaper to buy in than to build new. I don't know, but I feel like a lot of the new players that we talk about want both the land and the operations. So I don't know that there's a market out there, at least that we know of that are just people looking to come in and run operations. Uh, so uh, I'd lean towards no, but you know, I'm not going to say no chance.
So Mark, did you see that Vegas Vic? He's been shut off for a while on Fremont Street. We know Vegas Vicky, she's beautiful inside Circa, but finally the city of Las Vegas is coming in to enforce their rules and uh, hopefully we'll get Vegas Vic lit up once again. Yeah, they need to get like Derek Stevens on it or something because what Circa did was amazing. And it'd be really cool if he looked that good. You know, I'm I'm sure the city won't spend as much as Circa did, but come on, you guys can do it. It'd be cool to see it all lit up again, even though you have to go at Fremont at night. You know, we should we should make shirts that say like I mark myself safe on Fremont Street past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's start this show with a rumor that I was very skeptical of at first, but as I look into it even more, it seems like it's more and more plausible. And that's the Jubilee Tower at Horseshoe, the old Bally's, getting converted into being part of Paris. And Vital Vegas sort of broke this rumor, although he says that it's sort of imminent that this is going to happen. Uh, when he did, I went back and looked at the concept art of Horseshoe, and I thought that there was a version of the concept art that had the Jubilee Tower with the brown paint and the new you know, Horseshoe name but it does not exist. And so they have never released any art showing that tower as part of it. And uh, it does sit right next to Paris, kind of detached from most of Horseshoe anyway. Do you buy that this is going to happen? I mean, it makes a lot of sense. They're very, the buildings are very close, you know, and he, he puts a mock-up in his, on his article of where the bridge could go and stuff. And it, it makes a lot of sense. One, you know, Bally's Casino is, is on the smaller end, like very small. So I don't even think they need that many rooms. Paris is a much bigger casino. I, I think it's usually busier. They get better rates there. So if you could take this one, you know, tower and move it over to a place that you're going to make more money, it makes a ton of sense. You know, they're going to have to revamp it and update it. But the fact that they haven't painted it or put any signage on it definitely looks weird. You know, I don't think they were circa and they ran out of money uh, painting the, the top. <laughs> so I hope not. I hope that's not the reason. Uh, you never know. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I agree. The The rates, I think, are really the key. What you said, Paris draws in higher rates. What's interesting, though, is the Jubilee Tower is renovated, I think, back in 2013. And then the other tower, the main tower, was renovated a few years later to look very similar. So the rooms do look very similar. So I do think they would have to uh, do some renovations to make it part of it. The architecture would also be something that I think they would have to address because it doesn't really match the Paris theme at all. Uh, it has more of a modern look, especially compared to the towers at Paris. He did say maybe they would convert some of the rooms into Bellagio Fountain View rooms, although the stairwell sits on that, you know, strip side of the building. So it'd be, maybe they are going to really reconstruct the outside of the building and do a lot of work to make it look more Parisian. So I think on one end, I hope that they do this right if they're going to do it. And I think it does make a lot of sense. And I do think they would get higher room rates. And if they're going to have to spend money to, to renovate that tower, uh, they probably will get it back through uh, the room rates. But uh, this, is, do you uh, think this that, is an interesting one. Do you think whoever put the stairs there, like as soon as the Bellagio fountains were built, they're like, fire that guy. Whoever designed this building and put stairs facing the strip where we could have been making a ton of money. Let's fire that guy. We should put the stairs in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, who who envisioned that they were going to build the uh, Bellagio Fountain since it uh, predates all of that? But uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think about this, because the more I look into it, the more it seems very plausible. As you say, uh, and I'll throw up some video uh, on the screen of uh, what it's going to look like. <laughs> Drink! <laughs> of, of that area where the bridge would potentially get built. They could potentially build a bridge across to the pool area as well, which sits kind of above the casino and uh, maybe one down to the casino. So we'll, we'll see how they do all of that, if they do all of that. But uh, for now, that tower I'm... just sits there with the uh, faded Bally sign removed. It looks really ugly. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't look great, but hopefully it's not there too long. But I'm, I'm happy. Like Paris is probably my favorite mid-tier property, you know, of what you get, the restaurants, uh, the, the inside of the casino, the feel of it. And, and the rooms are pretty nice, too. So it, it definitely, if you're adding more rooms to a, a, one of the better value properties, I think, out there for that mid-tier level, then it's good for me. So hopefully they do it right and they don't do it cheap. But, you know, we don't know. <laughs> It is Caesars. So as we record this, the U2 tickets are on sale. I wasn't lucky enough to get selected for Verified Fan. I probably should have become a U2.com member in order to get tickets. But uh, our friend Benji got tickets this morning, said even the four and $500 seats are not really great. They're towards the ends. Uh, but anyway, just after we recorded our last show, and the day after they announced the first five shows, they added seven more shows this is a very typical thing in the concert industry to sort of build up hype, uh, saying, oh, due to overwhelming demand, we added more shows. These were always scheduled. They just decided to release them, you know, two days The fake apart. encore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they added October 11th, 13th, 14th, 18th, 20th, 21st, and 25th. This makes a lot more sense compared to those just five shows that they announced. Ticket prices were 140 all the way up to $600. But like I said... I think those 140 are very limited. Most of them are in the high range. And they said over a million people registered for Ticketmaster verified fans. So I think this is a good sign for MSG Sphere if they can continue this uh, level of ticket sales and hype. Because I believe U2 is going to sell out pretty quickly. Can we save the people from that U2 pro promo video we used on the last video? It was like, <laughs> I feel like seizures happened all over the place. It was pretty, uh, you know, a lot going on there. A lot of flashing, a lot of lights. I don't know what the goal was there with that one, but no, it's good to see because, you know, we've talked about how much it costs to build these shows and how they have to make a unique show specifically for the sphere. So it didn't make a lot of sense to do all this work for only five shows. So, you know, now with all these added shows and hopefully they even add more like the following year or something like that. Cause once you have something built out for it, you think you'd want to take advantage of it as much as possible, especially when, what are they getting like 90% of the door, which is just insane to me still. Yeah, that's right. They're making a ton of money off of this. I forgot about that. Yeah, they did say that there was a report of that. I don't know that it's been confirmed, but YouTube's getting a lot of money for this. There was a video on YouTube too, and I'll put a link in the description uh, of YouTube touring the sphere. So you get some good looks inside of it. Uh, so if people are interested in that, uh, we're getting more and more information, but it's getting exciting. It's coming soon, you know, just a few months away. Did you get your movie tickets yet or what? No, somebody, <laughs> somebody uh, roasted me in the comments says, you can write it off. So what are you, what are you doing? I need to do that. True. <laughs> I should have just done it the first day because I could have got the best seats, but I'll, I'll try to dig in there. I will go. Uh, since I didn't get U2 tickets, that's sort of what I was hoping to get. Now I'll settle for the uh, $150 movie. From crazy expensive entertainment to free entertainment, Fremont Street has released the lineup for their summer concert series, which is completely free, and they always have some good names on there. I think we have uh, Smash Mouth, Soldier Boy, Gin Blossoms, All American Rejects, quite a few other bands running May 28th through October 28th. So I guess it's more than just the summer, but uh, free concerts on Fremont Street, always a good time. Yeah, I was really impressed by the list of what, what they have coming. I probably knew half the names just off the top of my head. And I think it's really perfect for people in that 35 to 45 age range. I think it's a lot of like late 90s, early 2000 bands that you grew up with. And, and so I would be super excited about it. If I lived in the area, I'd probably go to quite a few of them, you know, and brave Fremont Street and, and come out alive. But no, I think it'll be a fun summer. And I love that it goes through October because that's when it's getting a little cooler, like peak July. I don't know if I want to be standing out there, but you know, as you get into late September, early October, I think that's gonna be perfect weather. Yeah, I'm glad to see that they're keeping this uh, going. They've been doing these for a long time. 
And uh, they always get some good bands. Like you say, some of it's nostalgic, but, you know, some big-name bands from back in the day, always uh, good. Staying on Fremont Street, Circa is bringing back their all-in hotel package. For $300, you get two nights, $50 Legacy Club credit, reserve seating at Stadium Swim, $75 food and beverage credit, $25 match play. Now, the $300 includes your taxes and resort fees. I think uh, when you go to do this package, the room rate's like $97, $98 a night. Most of the nights available are going to be, at that price, are going to be during the week, although I found many weeks available uh, through the summer with this package. So I think if you want to experience Circa, this is about as cheap as it's going to get. You get all those little freebies thrown in, reserved seating at Stadium Swim, heated pools. I think, uh, well, I don't know if you need the heated pools in the summer, but uh, yeah, I think this is a good deal. <laughs> you want to roast the people out there? You want to boil them? <laughs> But no, yeah, if you have never been to Circa, especially, I think this is a great deal because you're you're checking all the boxes. You're getting into Legacy Club at a discount. You're getting the Circa Swim and, and seats and all that stuff, or Stadium Swim. So that's, you know, everything you want to hit when you first go to Circa, you're getting at a discounted rate or, or included in the package. And the room rate with resort fees and taxes and everything, like, even if you just look at it that way, 150 bucks a night just to stay at Circa, I think, is a really good deal compared to what normally price is at. Yeah, and uh, Circa is one of my favorite hotels in Las Vegas so it's not just that you're getting a deal to stay there the rooms are very like old school Vegas but very kind of high-end luxurious uh, they're not quite up to like win levels but uh, they're very nice for downtown Las Vegas and uh, the location there can't be beat plazas in the middle of their renovations they're getting ready to open a bunch of stuff so there's a lot happening down there certainly worth doing it and as you say Legacy Club $50 credit probably good for two cocktails so you know yeah. it's, it's a little bit there <laughs> $75 food and beverage, you can get a few things there. Prices aren't cheap, but uh, yeah, it's cool to see that. And maybe you can turn that $25 match play into something bigger to pay for the whole thing. Yeah, and you really you really liked the steakhouse when you went there too, right? Yeah, I really did like Barry's Downtown Prime. It's very expensive, strip level uh, prices, but the, the food there is really good. So this could be a discount towards that. But they also have, you know, Victory Burger. They have uh, other restaurants there, uh, the deli. Saginaw Deli, baby. Yeah. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Mead we know is low, right? But we've had a lot of like rain and snow and in, in the levels have been a little bit better this year. But uh, what's happened over the years is the water level's gone down. I guess the uh, sediment and everything has sort of washed away from the shores. So this week they're releasing tons of water from Lake Powell down to Lake Mead. So much so that Lake Powell's going to drain by about four and a half feet. Although they're not releasing more water than they normally do. They're just doing it in a concentrated amount so that they're hoping to kind of wash everything back to the shores and reinforce the shoreline. So uh, I guess uh, that's an interesting thing. They said uh, if you're going to be on the river during this, you may want to like, this is going to be good rapids time, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you just changed uh, from a category three to a category five or wh however that works. But no, I love the sediment like and this is the, how they treat the water in Vegas. So what are we talking about floating in there? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's interesting. And it's cool to see the pumps kind of going. And uh, like I said, if you want to get out there and do the wild uh, river, this is the time to do it because they're releasing a lot about twice as much water as they normally do in volume in a short period of time. So uh, March 2023 visitor numbers came in, Mark, and they're very interesting. To start, the airport had its second busiest month ever following last October, and that's because of the NCAA championships. You had Taylor Swift, you had Maroon 5 here, a bunch of other entertainment things going on. Uh, but visitor volume was down uh, just 1.1% from 2019, 3.655 million people. So, uh, you know, we'll start there. People are still coming in numbers, and basically Vegas has recovered numbers-wise, 
but we'll see that revenue is significantly higher than it was before. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised to see, you know, the airport at record levels, but the overall visitors compared to 19 to be down. So I'm guessing less people driving in maybe, and maybe there's a little bit of California fatigue finally hitting, you think, after all the COVID years where they came and flocked uh, to Vegas? Do you think they're getting a little bit, maybe all the construction backing up that drive, making it terrible? Uh, but, but I kind of... I wonder if that's the writing on the wall a little bit. What do you think? Well, there's still a lot of people who fly in from California, too. I mean, I think five or six airlines run daily flights. There's, you know, dozens and dozens of daily flights. But yeah, I mean, there are those choke points on the freeway coming between Los Angeles and Vegas. Obviously, uh, Brightline is trying to capitalize on that by building their their rail line, which we talked about on the last show. So I, I think so. The, the numbers were down a little bit for vehicle traffic, but not significantly. Uh, one other interesting thing was conventions were way up 771,000. That's up 56% from last year and up 39.6% from March of 2019. And uh, there Wait. was a couple of big conventions, but yeah, conventions I heard, back. I heard, Ve- I heard Vegas conventions were dead. <laughs> yeah, somebody said that on Twitter, but we're not going to call them out for that. <laughs> no, I mean, that was part of the Venetian rumor, right? That, uh, you know, that the convention space wasn't as good as they had thought, and that's why perhaps Apollo was looking to sell it, but uh, we don't know. But convention numbers are up. But let's talk about revenue because there are some very interesting numbers here. RevPAR, revenue per available room, a new record, $188.30. Now that's up 43% from last year, up 53.6% from 2019. And then the average daily rate, which uh, is another record, $213. And that's up 30.7% from last year, up 59.2% from 2019 so uh crazy crazy numbers people are spending like uh like bananas i don't know where the money's coming from i don't get it you know everything's costing more i get inflation and all that but we're not talking about 60 percent inflation over the last couple years but just you know inflation takes money out of your pocket for every other thing uh when you're buying eggs and all that stuff so like where where is this disposable income coming from are people still sitting on cash piles from when they were at home during covid i don't i don't know but it's just it blows my mind every time we do these numbers that they're still charging it and people are still paying it yeah it seems like every month we do them these hotel prices are just going up and up and up and you know we're still seeing record gaming revenue gaming revenue was down just a little bit down 2.9 percent from last year but still up 31.3 percent from 2019 so a little bit less gaming revenue, significantly more hotel revenue, 25th straight month with $1 billion in gaming revenue in Clark County. Insane. That's just, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, last year was kind of like record-breaking year, so being down slightly doesn't really surprise me. But when you look at compared to like normal times uh, pre-COVID, the, the the growth is just crazy. And, and we have been kind of like pushing away from the focus of gambling in Vegas, and now you know, it's just funny how things go in cycles. Now gaming is uh, the big dog back again. Yeah. And it's just a a different demographic mix, perhaps why you see a little bit of a decline. Uh, You probably have less tourists. You have all those conventioneers. They tend to gamble less. So that could be why you have slightly less, but not a significant bad thing because this is really, like I said, uh, so much higher than it was before COVID. A couple other interesting things. Laughlin their visitors are down 32.7% from 2019, but their gaming revenue is only down 1.9%. 1.9%. So it shows you people are gambling more, but one third less visitors going to Laughlin in March 2023 compared to 2019. Mesquite, very similar, although the numbers are crazy. Mesquite's visitors are down 32.4% from 2019, but their gaming revenue is up 33.2%. So you they talk brought about in the whales. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of crazy. And, now, you know, Laughlin, just to see that, that kind of drop in visitors is, is pretty crazy. And that's one thing, uh, when I come in December, I really want to check out that it's like the number one goal, that and, you know, go out and hit some other areas off uh, the strip. But Laughlin's a big one that I want to go see just because, I don't know, I want to go see a river and uh, with casinos on it, I guess. I don't know. I think it's just kind of like unique, something different, not far from Vegas, but a totally different vibe. And I'm I'm, I'm all for it. I hope it doesn't disappoint you. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out with the scooter crowd. We're gonna have a good time. Don't worry. Yeah, it was really great in the 1980s. Uh, but Don Laughlin, I think <laughs> the guy's like almost a hundred. The guy who founded the town, I think he still lives on the penthouse of his casino there. Uh, I, I think he's like pushing a hundred at this point. So uh, yeah, good old Laughlin. And finally, let's finish with this. Did you see this picture? Vital Vegas shared it. It seems like Fountain Blue sent it to him. But this is the first time we're seeing a finished inside space of Fountain Blue. And man, does it look 2023. It looks modern. And uh, I think it looks stunning. What about that carpet, though? <laughs> I like the carpet. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks uh, it looks great. I mean, it looks just as good as anything else I've seen in Vegas. I think they nailed the color scheme, you know, higher ceilings, bright, good lighting, all that stuff. So if that's what the rest of it looks like, yeah, give me more. Like, I'm ready. Yeah, even like the font on the sign, just uh, everything. I'm, I'm looking at it right here again, just to kind of keep it fresh in my mind. It has sort of the gold touches on the walls, uh, like that gray, sort of deep gray carpet. It just feels very luxurious. I love the blue paneling on the walls and, as you said, the high ceilings. But even the fonts on this and everything about this works for me. You know, I don't know how Vegas this is going to feel. More like a very high-end, luxurious hotel. So hopefully they do put some Vegas-type touches in it. But it does feel far less generic to me than something like Resorts World. Yeah, and, you know, it's taken 20 years, so it better be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Every time I see somebody mention Fountain Blue and it's opening on social media, people who haven't been keeping up with it say, oh, they've been saying that's going to open for 20 years. Uh, I'll, I'll stake my reputation. It's going to open. So <laughs> I just I can't wait for all the corrections of how we're saying Fountain Blue wrong. So I'm oh, excited yeah. for that. <laughs> Here, I'll just say it wrong for everybody who thinks it's wrong. Fontaine Blue. There you go. Now for everybody who thinks we said Fountain Blue wrong, I'll just say Fontaine Blue to make you make you happy. But it is Fountain Blue. There you go. And uh, let's end the show on that. Let's discuss all this. What do you think about? Uh... Thank you for listening to this episode of the MTM Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and MTMVegas.com for all of our Vegas content. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.